1: Welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends at Circus Sports. Uh, it's a day of re- repenting, at least for me, a few wrong calls from last week's show that I need to take some L's on a few more wrong calls about the Packers season as a whole, as they appear poised to make the playoffs after the Sunday win. I promise you we are waiver wire show, but, uh, I have to, I have to make amends to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and we'll touch on a few of the hot waiver wire pickups. And there are lots given all the injuries that occurred, especially at quarterback and running back, uh, over the past 48 hours. So we're going to hit the music and we'll come right back, uh, with those top pickups for this week. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the Roto-Air NFL podcast, brought to you by Circus Sports. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me on Twitter, JB Sports. As uh it is every week, it seems like Jake Klatarski at Roto Jake and uh Jake also coming off a victory Sunday night where he was watching the Packers uh obliterate the refs and the Chiefs. Uh certainly an insurmountable battle, Jake, but thank you for for cheering on uh and making sure that happens.
2: Yeah, yeah. You could probably uh catch me uh cheering on section one oh one, making sure everyone's standing up. Uh the Tito's therapy I discussed last week with my illness uh work, so did the Lambeau field therapy. We have uh we have, um, you know, it was just an amazing game. You can look, you can look around at Lambeau and see the sheer looks of joy on, uh, on every Packer fan's face and imagining Taylor Swift, maybe crying up in a booth somewhere. It was, uh, no, we it, don't it, want the Swifties
1: <laughs> at first, that's okay. Show Any us.
2: engagement is good engagement. I will take it. <laughs> um, but no, uh, awesome game that, that cured all things. Um, you know, uh, it, it's a tough week for the waiver wire. I'll admit that, but we got a couple names here that you definitely want to look for. A lot and, of retreads, um, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of retreads, but retreads who have had names and circumstances change, mm, uh, fortunately. Yes. So we should be able to. Uh, there are still some actual, actionable pickups this week. And again, it's the last week for buys. Only the Cardinals and the Commanders are on buys this week. And if you were starting a lot of those players, you probably weren't in ga- great shape to begin with. But it does kind of stink that the last week where you're uh, competing to lock down a playoff spot, you could be losing to James Conner or a Trey McBride. Or, uh, I mean, Terry McLaurin, Tere McLaurin mm-hmm. had a goose egg last week. Yeah, but, you know, oh, I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, yeah, that yeah I was going to say, we're all, yeah, we're all well aware there. Um, so, yeah, it is tough. But uh, most teams are back in action here, and we're going to have some... Uh, some pickups for you to take a look at. Yeah,
1: we'll probably talk about later in the show. Really, the only uh, noteworthy item for those bye week teams is that Brian Robinson had left that game early. Antonio Gibson had some fantasy value even before mm-hmm. he had been mentioned last week on the podcast. I think Chris yeah. Rodriguez, yeah. if Brian Robinson had missed time, would have been mm-hmm. one of those that you'd been possibly top five. Yeah. This g- yeah. Week?
2: Gibson has gone over our 50% threshold right. and that's only going to soar up. And Chris Rodriguez would have absolutely made my top five if the commanders weren't on a buy. And we just don't know a whole lot about the Brian Robinson injury right now. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you'd be hard pressed to be stashing Chris Rodriguez for week 15.
1: They're they're far different players, but the situation reminds me a lot of Keaton Mitchell, who had really his breakout game. Then the Ravens had a buy, and then it's like, well, wait, does Guess Edwards can get workload? Is it Keaton mm-hmm. Mitchell that still continues to do, do stuff? And the answer still hasn't been solved. Like four or five weeks later, I almost kind of wonder, uh, with the Commanders season the way it has gone the past couple weeks, if we're going to see more Chris Rodriguez by default as the, the Commanders kind yeah. of sort things out.
2: Well, it's out. crazy. And Brian Robinson's a top five PPR back right? in right. fantasy football. So it, it is. You know, again, you. Uh, I, I was joking how you probably weren't rostering many commanders if you're a playoff team. Brian Robinson is one of those playoff guys. You know, you always mm-hmm. look at the end of the year. I think ESPN puts out their list of uh, uh, players on the highest percentage of playoff teams. Brian Robinson will actually be right up there.
1: Oh, know? yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, let's dive into the top five wire pickup list. And unfortunately, I guess for the listeners, uh, Jake and I's list does not differ too much. Um, given the list of names that we have out there. So number one has to be our cover boy, Ezekiel Elliott, now with Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know about done for the season, but maybe uh, given where the Patriots season's at, Zeke Mm -hmm. might just be the starting running back for the team for the rest of the next four or five weeks.
2: Exactly. You know, we were looking at a Ramondre Stevenson. I think he was actually in line for a big game. He had three and a half, four fantasy points on basically the opening drive, and then he got hurt. Um, And we pretty much... I would wager at this point he's not playing Thursday. They have a quick turnaround Thursday yeah. against the uh, Steelers in an outstanding over-under game of 30-and-a-half. Uh, you're really going to put your football fandom to the test if you're watching football uh, this Thursday, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, it's pretty safe to say Ramondre's out Thursday. He has a decent uh, rest-of-season schedule. I mean, if you have any slight belief in the Patriots' offense, they're at Pittsburgh versus Kansas City, at Denver, and at Buffalo. All of those are bottom-half uh you know teams in terms of PPR scoring sure. for running backs so uh yeah Zeke uh, is the default here he is he is the top guy i know it's a new england back but they just don't have a whole lot and i mean I don't know if Belichick's going to commit to tanking or not, but uh, he is uh, – Zeke's number one. He's only 40% rostered in, in Yahoo formats. He had standalone value as the 40% half of a 60-40 yeah. timeshare mm-hmm. there. Um, you, know, sp- you know, the running back climate can be, t- can be tough sometimes, especially, you know, if you're using Patriots offensive players here. But he had some standalone value to begin with, so he's already rostered in a lot of places. I have already rostered him in the f- 12-team RotoWire Invitational, uh, for example. So, um, he, so he's definitely, he, the availability is a little dry, especially in your deeper leagues, but at only 40% rostered, he had to be the number one pickup by a mile.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you mentioned the 60, 40 split between Ramondre and Ezeek, um, I, I mean, do you look at Ty Montgomery then in deeper leagues? Who would, I think, be the next back for the Patriots? Or is that offense so bad where yeah, you're yeah. like, no, I, I can't, I can't. I'm going to go, gonna go the
2: line. ladder. I, I'm, I'm going to take uh, your typical side of this, of wanting no pieces of the Patriots offense. Well, of course, this is a piece you want of the Patriots offense because, you know, I mean, I, you're basing it on skill and opportunity. Opportunity is through the roof right now. Skill, you say what you want about Zeke at this stage of his career, but he can still be effective. Uh, I don't really have interest in, in a – uh, Bailey Zappi led two and ten team. If it is even Bailey Zappi, I mean, he'd sound like he played, right. uh, know, they, Cunningham. They, yeah, yeah. They got, I mean, they got shut out. So, like, you know, what, what's Belichick going to do now? We'll have to see. Yeah, the over under for Thursday's game for those aren't familiar Steelers, Patriots, 30 points, 30
1: points between two NFL franchises, uh, for a Thursday night game. Yeah, I, I, uh, always joke that I think Amazon is yeah. doing the public the service of <laughs> not having to watch that game. That's on the NFL schedule makers for deciding Steelers, Patriots, even uh, in early September, much less late December, I guess, early December, yeah, is going yeah. to be a primetime game. That's that's mm-hmm. a mistake on those people. Yeah,
2: Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky. Because, uh, you know, again, not to get into our two-quarterback discussion too early, but uh, uh, it's going to be a, a – there's, there's some dud QB matchups this week. Let's uh, get rid of that. I was surprised how high fantasy scoring was last week, given how many bad quarterbacks are out there. But, uh, you know – Monday night game wasn't actually too bad.
1: Yeah, I actually took a lot of the overs on my Tuesday betting article, which will come out later today, Uh, and I was surprised by that. Never as good. Uh, The last couple times I've thought overs are going to hit, it's been just absolute stinkers. But we'll see come week 14 if that changes things. So Zeke is the number one top pickup for both of us. Uh, Well, I guess you could split hairs. I think Tajay Spears Mm -hmm. also becomes a top waiver wire pickup. Derek Henry suffered a concussion on a monster hit. He doesn't have a concussion, though. No, he didn't. I got to
2: correct that. He left the game. To uh, be I, was, evaluated for a concussion. Right? Yeah. Okay. The news today is he does not have a concussion, so that's actually why I have Spears down at number two. If, if oh, Henry was okay. in concussion protocol, he'd be number one. I actually thought about bumping um, Spears down a couple spots mm. after seeing uh, all the news about uh, Derrick Henry here. No, I was like you. I assumed he left the game. He didn't come back. Um, Spears got all the work in camp. You know, so we're gonna have to see. Uh, what Henry's practice participation looks like, but um, our latest news on Rotowire avoids concussion is the headline. He is not in concussion protocol, so that means he had a head
1: like, injury, right? That's what they did with Pop Douglas and the Patriots last week. Oh, it's in mm-hmm. is a head injury, not a yeah. concussion. He could maybe no if he does not place so, like if if it's yeah. So I mean, we'll, that, we're definitely going to see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see and we'll here have to, over yeah. the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's been part of it. I said this is a a uh, taking the L's podcast, at least for me. I spent 30 minutes last week saying. Well, Jonathan Taylor finished the last uh, last two quarters. He's totally fine. And then directly after he posted the podcast, mm-hmm. it was that he's going to be out for a couple yeah, of weeks. I mean, three that's, to five that's weeks, my like concern
2: IR him. I had, I had to, yeah, I mean, if we, yeah, I guess you were right. If Henry was facing any kind of multiple game absence, it's empty all of your money on Tajay Spears, whether yes. you need him or not. Because you want to, we're at that You're stage blocked. of the year yep. where if you saved your Fab money, you can't take it with you, and you need to block the next uh, owner from getting a startable player that could beat you. Uh, so that's something to think about here. But uh, no, Tajay Spears getting uh, double digit. Uh, this is his own, only his second double digit half PPR game of the year. But he, uh, you know, the usage really ramped up in the fourth quarter. They have a tough matchup against the Dolphins this week, who are uh, a top ten team, uh, number eight uh, against opposing running backs mm-hmm. in terms of half point PPR points scored per game. But you also have to keep in mind why that is. Sometimes they're blowing out teams, and other teams become one-dimensional uh, because of how good that Miami offense is. But anyway, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, I still kept Tajay Spears at number two because I don't love a ton of the options after him, um, and uh, you know that's one big reason. And two, we had always said this in the weeks leading up, uh, you know, uh, for the last few weeks that uh, Spears has standalone value mm-hmm. as uh, you know a little bit of pass catcher, a change of pace type guy. This is a Tennessee offense who I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I'm going to guess it's a very, very heavy split towards the run. You know, they're not letting Will Levis air it out a whole lot. So uh, uh, there's there's room for two guys in this backfield, especially in games where Tennessee is behind or even when they are competitive. And uh, you, you got to wonder, you know, we were talking about this out in uh, the bullpen before the show, like how many of these teams are going to consider sitting superstars and letting their young guys, you know, try to ball out in the last couple of weeks of the season. So Tajay Spears only 36% rostered. I have already rostering him, you know, anywhere I could to begin with, anywhere I could stomach the bench spot. I was getting him, you know, just in case. And now, of course, Henry's been playing a lot better these last few weeks. But, uh, yeah, I love, what's, I love what we have in Tajay Spears. He's my number two pickup.
1: So, Zeke and Spears are the number one and two, and I think pretty unequivocally, although Spears could fall down further depending on Derrick Henry's status. Three through five, I think, can differ quite a bit. Here's another L uh, Elijah Moore makes my top five waiver wire pickup list at number three. If you would have told me in the year 2023 Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback for an AFC North team, I would have assumed Lamar Jackson had been completely decimated uh, and would never return to football again and that the Ravens were doing some weird send off for Joe Flacco and sign him back. No, it's the Browns where Joe Flacco was starting and looked pretty darn good. I know the yards per attempt uh, Mm -hmm. or I guess completion wasn't super high, but – Uh, Flacco had chemistry with Elijah Moore last season, and we saw it again Mm -hmm. this season. And Amari Cooper uh, being banged up as well, too, for the Browns, I think has only aided Elijah Moore. Mm -hmm. I have been so out on Elijah Moore. I have made a couple jokes now the past couple weeks. Once again, uh, victory lap to you, Jake, because I think Elijah Moore actually is entirely fantasy relevant Mm -hmm. so long as Flacco is starting. Yeah.
2: Now, granted, when I put 15 darts on my wide receiver list, some of them are going to (laughs) hit once in a while. Right? Uh, again, Rather than I try, to be, as, Johnston yeah, I try right. to be as uh, comprehensive as possible here. I had, I had Elijah Moore actually down in my number five pickup. Um, he's 43% rostered. Uh, there are a couple of pickups that I like a little bit more, even though uh, you're right, Joe Flacco looked good. Uh, I believe they are moving the ball in that game early and often. He even had them within a couple points at one, t- at one time, but then he had a bad interception seemingly to nobody, and the Rams kind of the onslaught. Yeah, uh, you know, or or began those. and they ran so, away with it, yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, and they ran away with it. But uh, Flacco, no, is, is looking Flacco is looking capable enough. He's certainly. I mean, we'll see what happens with Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, and his injury this week. Or if I, I, I wouldn't turn back to him though, because no. the Browns are a team with with legitimate playoff aspirations. They are not out of it by any means. I mean, Christ, the, the Steelers are ha, ha, have a playoff spot right now. You know, and obviously the Browns are. I think a much better team than the Steelers. I guess we'll see. Well, and they uh, play
1: Jacksonville this week, who mm-hmm. may or may not be without Trevor Lawrence. We just had it reported by Jonathan Gonzalez here in the chat, but Christian Kirk also out will not play in that matchup, and that mm-hmm. would have been completely different. You're like, oh, it's it's Joe Flacco or DTR versus Trevor Lawrence in that offense for sure. You're taking Jacksonville's side, and it's crazy what a 24 hour swing has done for a multitude of teams uh, mm-hmm. in that scenario.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, and unlike Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper does have a concussion. He has had his concussion confirmed. So we'll see how this goes. He'll be in protocol this week. You know, once in a while it happens where they can sneak out of protocol, but uh that's definitely not the norm here in 2023. So uh we're looking at a big uptick in targets for Elijah Moore. Um, you know, he he was the volume guy. You know, when we get to the positions, we'll go through some of the stats there that that proved it and look at maybe some other options. But I had I actually had Elijah Moore number five because there's a number three guy who I think a lot of people forgot about with the Ravens coming off a bye, and that is Isaiah Likely, who was down to 35 mm-hmm. percent rostered when I checked yesterday. I know that's kind of that's kind of high and creeping up towards our threshold, but um, he had six targets starting for an injured Mark Andrews last week. Uh, you know, the, the, they're off the bye. I think he could maybe even get a little bit more involved. Uh, I like him for. I mean, tight ends a tough position. Uh, you know, Trey McBride, you're losing Trey McBride in exactly. this exactly. Trey McBride, I, I, I feel like a lot of people ended up with Trey Mc, McBride because that happened kind of the same week that Goddard went down, that Darren mm-hmm. Waller went down. So if you were if you were a Trey McBride o- owner, you probably don't have another option this week. Uh, so you're definitely uh, going to go ahead and take a look at Isaiah Likely uh, for sure. Um, you know, again, six targets last week, four for 40, but in the tight end landscape, that's not bad. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks out a uh, score this week. either. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Cause they're on
1: by. I, I think that's, the, that's the clear point here for Isaiah likely my only issue. And it's why I have him off the top five list is I don't know if that will consistently happen moving forward. We had this last year, Mark Andrews, misses Time. Oh, stud rookie Isaiah likely is going to look really good it there's a, there's a chemistry thing, like a real chemistry thing with Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson that can't just be replicated by a scheme or whatever else. I, I don't know. Uh, I'll be really curious if it's Zay Flowers or if it's Odell Beckham or somebody else mm-hmm. that gets more of the workload or if likely does slip in uh, as somebody that has a lot of Trey McBride and starting tight end Trey McBride. I, I would like to have likely, but instead I'm dealing with the talk of crafts and KDOT into the world, which we'll talk about later on mm-hmm. uh, as we're going over some of the lesser tight end options available. If you are essentially streaming that position, you have once again, Jonathan Mingo in your top five list. Uh, he has been mentioned now, got to be five or six consecutive weeks. He's <laughs> he's the receiver that you don't want to have but continues to be relevant because of the workload he's having. And Adam Thielen seems to be falling off the planet here for the Panthers.
2: Yeah. He's basically my eye test guy. And, uh, it was a low usage to start the season, but now he has seen Jonathan Mingo is basically done in the last two weeks, close to what he's done the entire first 12 weeks uh, of the season here. So, um, uh, I, I'm all over Jonathan Mingo for a lot of reasons. He had more snap share, more routes than Thielen this week, and he's off career highs in catches, targets, and yards. He uh, significantly more air yards than the other Panthers. Now, of course, the biggest downfall here is Bryce Young's the rookie quarterback, and it's the Panthers' offense as a whole. But I, I do like Mingo, and unlike everybody else on my list, was 35 percent roster greater, Mingo is seven percent. So here's a flyer for your deeper league uh, people that. Um, I don't know. For example, I was rostering DJ Shark in Steak League. I'll cut him for Mingo right now if he's available. So, uh, I, you know, I had to keep, keep Mingo on there. And uh, he, he's interesting to me. I, I do like him. And I think we could see a little bit of a late season breakout that'll make his ADP rise pretty significantly going into next year. I do the uh, 14 team Series XM host league,
1: which has d- decent enough uh, bench spots. I picked up Mingo off of waivers. Maybe three or four weeks ago, and there's never been a point where I was like, "Oh, I could just drop Mingo for somebody else." Um, and and I agree at this point, he's kind of rising to a point where you could realistically start him in a lineup. And to your point earlier, boy, I've seen a lot of points, but this one's this is actually an important point, Jake. I mean, like the Panthers really have nothing to play for this year. Wouldn't you want to get your second round pick more involved, even if it comes at the expense of Adam Thielen or yeah. Jark or anybody else? Like yeah, this the is reps. the one development point you need to have.
2: It's not like you're getting any surprises from Thielen or Shark at this stage in their careers this late in the season here. You know what you got here, and, uh, yeah, let the rookie loose. Let's go. It's time. I think it is that time of year where uh, we can maybe see a couple of breakout rookies. Um, you know, I know it hasn't quite happened. I, Jalen Hyatt was on bye. We had liked him a little bit the week before. But uh, but Mingo, like I said, uh, eye test-wise, and now finally the usage is catching up to it. So that's where I have him rounding out my top five.
1: I listed Joe Flacco and or Gardner Minshew in my top five list specifically for the streaming quarterbacks. The only issue it's Seattle – I'm sorry, not Seattle. I mean, the only issue is that it's the Commanders or the Cardinals. Maybe you're playing Kyler Murray, who's on by. Maybe you're playing Sam Howell. Um, but you look at the rest of the, the starting quarterback landscape, at least the obvious ones that aren't injured, maybe you're playing one of those two over Geno Smith, Justin Herbert against the Broncos. I mean, Geno had a
2: pretty good game against the Cowboys right. last right. week, and he um, – and you know the Cowboys, at least on paper, are one of the toughest defenses in the league. So I don't know if Gino's an auto fade, especially if you're looking at one of those guys. I uh, in my streaming quarterbacks, I'm with you on Gardner Minshew. I think against the Bengals, the uh, Jags' offense was able to pretty much run free mm-hmm. on, on the Bengals, and CJ Beathard. I mean, he marched right down the field, almost had them win the game there too. So um. I just don't know
1: if you're going to really need Flacco or Gardner Minshew. There's not many scenarios left if you are competing at this point and listening to the podcast where you need yep. to go down to that level of quarterback. Yeah. Um, and Jordan I
2: mean, Love has emerged. He was widely exactly. available
1: in waiver wires. Like there's a lot. And, and, He's again, up to
2: 56%, you know, but there's a lot of quarterback talk to go to Gardner Minshew has been rostered in my 12 teamer and Flacco cleared waivers in our 14 team dynasty. I picked him up last week for nothing. So.
1: Yeah. And then my final list was either Parker Washington or Dontavian Wicks. Christian Watson suffered his 67th hamstring injury over the past two years. I would anticipate he won't play against the Giants. You still have Dobbs. You still have Jaden Reed, who theoretically is getting healthier, but Dontavian Wicks quietly has been a very consistent uh, seven points, at least from a PPR perspective uh, for the Packers, and will have a more prominent role, especially no Musgrave, no Christian Watson. I think Dontavian Wicks Becomes more involved. And yeah. I really liked what I saw last night from Parker Washington. Again, we had it confirmed earlier yes. today. Christian Kirk will not play. He's already been ruled out for Jacksonville. He's looking
2: we'll at s- multiple weeks. He has right. one of those core muscle injuries. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see if uh, we'll see if he's. Got, I, I got think anything Parker left Washington
1: looked good and kind of same body type 5'10, 210, mm-hmm. 205 range. Yeah,
2: he won't. Uh, the only thing is he won't take anybody who I surprise anymore. But also, like, you still have to contend with Ridley. You still have to contend with Zay Jones, who actually made my list. So, yeah, and the not, other one- not this list, but like, down, we're we're going, to, we're going to talk about him a little bit. The
1: other more prominent issue, when or if does Trevor Lawrence return? Because it's, if, if it's C.J. Beathard throwing to exactly. Parker Washington, far less more interesting to me.
2: That was would be the Lawrence. ultimate factor that actually kept Zay Jones off my top five. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: um, again, Dontavian Wicks, uh, Parker, Washington might be in deeper leagues available for a lot of people. Joe Flacker, Gardner Minshew, if you need to stream quarterbacks, then the three, at least for me, are pretty, uh, pretty similar to Jake and Tajay Spears, Zika, Elliot, and Elijah Moore. You had also listed Isaiah Likely and Jonathan Mingo among your top five list. Let's take a break real quick for our sponsors at Blue Wire, and then we'll return with the top running backs that we want to kind of consider for week 14.
3: This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just 2 minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor, is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner, Factor's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor's also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
1: All right, we're back. And last week, we mentioned Zach Moss. We had that conversation. I think Jonathan Taylor uh, will be able to play. Well, no, actually, he's out for at least two or three weeks. Um, Antonio Gibson was a hot commodity, probably still might be, if Brian Robinson's injury proves to be relatively serious. You could mention Chris Rodriguez, and we will a little bit later on. Jeff Wilson was part of our group. And, of course, Devon Achan finally got involved uh, in junk time once more last Mm -hmm. week. The Bears running backs, too. So I, I think Ezekiel... Yeah, I mean, I, I, took,
2: I, I took the L on Wilson. I thought he'd have a little bit bigger role. I thought we'd maybe see a little bit of a split. But it was the uh, it was the most early on. A-chain cleaning up. Uh, we know when the game's out of hand. I do want to mention that uh, Antonio Gibson is only 56% rostered. And yeah, I bet true. I wouldn't be surprised if after waivers clear tonight, that number will fall below our threshold just because they're on a buy. Um, that's a guy where... Especially if you're a Brian Robinson manager, now it's going to be tough to roster both while you're, uh, you know, while you're dealing with these buys in the first place. But Antonio Gibson does give me some intrigue there um, as a bench stash because uh, he is. Uh, We've seen it over his career. He can have good fantasy games. He's a capable pass catcher. And if, uh, you know, he'll see a big boost in role if, if Robinson's unable to return after the bye. So there is interest in Antonio Gibson for me. At least that's a name I'm looking to pick on the second round of waivers clearing or if you have first come, first serve after a certain date. I'd look at that. That's a realistic name that I think can help your team down the stretch.
1: Yeah. Uh, and again, over the 50% threshold, but not a whole not by lot. Not much. Ahead,
2: 56% right. Yahoo, and I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little I, – I remember seeing uh, a couple weeks ago that he's way less than like NFL.com leagues, for example. So, yeah, go ahead and take a look. With the commanders on by, uh, we'll see what kind of emerges with Brian Robinson's injury.
1: So we mentioned Zeke and Spears, who made our top two in the top five waiver mm-hmm. list. I, I don't know a whole lot to discuss here. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean,
2: the only other notes that I had was uh, – uh, that I didn't say at the beginning was uh, Zeke was limited on Monday's practice in- in estimate with the thigh injury. You know they have those Thursday night football games, so they have, mm. they kind of have to put out this paperwork. If we did practice today, what would be their status? Um, I don't think that seems significant enough for Zeke to really be at risk of missing that game. And then uh, yeah, like I said, uh, he's got at Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. If Ramondre is still out, he's got uh, he, he's at Denver in the fantasy uh, semifinals. Which is Denver is dead last against opposing running backs. Yep. It's a dream matchup that everybody wants. If you get Zeke without, um, without Ramondre Stevenson split, yeah, yeah, without the Stevenson split at Denver in Week uh, 16, I mean Zeke's got to be a top 20 running back, maybe even higher, and that that's a, that's situation. a tough
1: roll of the dice, though. I mean, like you're, I mean, there's a lot of backup running backs that you're starting. I'm thinking like the Jerome Ford levels, but theoretically, if you made it to that point in the season, unless you got. A Justin Jackson from what, two years ago, that one week that Eckler missed time and did that against the Texans, you're you're not really in a spot where you're considering Zeke. I'd imagine you have better running backs overall, but you know it goes to an overall larger point. And I look at our waiverware podcast prep. We we have mentioned uh, Tajay Spear and Ezekiel Elliott. The next guy would be Damien Pierce, who's a, he's only available in 37 percent of leagues. Like, okay, mm-hmm. great. It's more acknowledged yeah. that Devin Singletary has been. Um, Pushed back side? I, I I don't know what the Texans yeah. are doing at running. Oh,
2: well, I mean the the running back climate is is certainly very very tough because uh, you know guys that could have been meant. I mean Michael Carter we kind of said stay away from. I think he got hurt and it was all <laughs> I liked James Carter. I started him
1: in a few places, but yes. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry that didn't quite work out, but uh, but yeah. So I mean Carter that was one of them. I know Dearness Johnson came up on a lot of lists. He yeah. was a non-factor, and that it's like that offense is going to get better if Lawrence can't play. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really in a tough spot. I put a bullet point for Damian Pierce. Because suddenly he was he's only he's 63% rostered, so there's some availability there. A lot of people cut bait. I mean, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I said, yeah, you can cut Damian Pierce now. Why couldn't you? And now all of right. a sudden he's back to being RB1 over Singletary in the workload distribution there. So it's a name to type in. Um what else do I have on my list? I mean, I already we already mentioned Chris Rodriguez and the commander's situation here. It'd be more interesting if they weren't on bye week. And then the other name that I had for running backs is Kenneth Gainwell. He's 27% rostered. Um, The the jury is out on whether he had standalone value with or without Swift. There wasn't any consistent standalone mm-hmm. value. Every once in a while he would get a carry and score a touchdown, but it wasn't super consistent here. Now we look at I don't think I don't their injury report won't be out for a little bit yet, but Swift Swift got walloped. He took a idea. shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was in the fourth quarter. I was um I was watching a little bit of this game, but we were at like the pregame spot before Lambo, so I didn't right. get a super good look at that. Um But, yeah, so he took a shot in the fourth quarter. He only played six of the 23 subsequent snaps, and he was checked out by medical staff. Uh, But then again, no injury formally reported. So... Um, you know, we could have Swift business as usual next week, or we could have, uh, maybe the Eagles be like, man, we want to, want to Swift has a long, long injury history. Maybe we should conserve him a little bit for a playoff run and get a little bit more Kenneth Gainwell action in here. And Kenneth Gainwell is not a bad player by any means. He has had successful days, successful games, even successful years based on expectations in this offense. So again, given the landscape of how these running backs look this week, you have to take a look at, uh, Mr. Kenneth Gainwell. You know, you
1: mentioned that Damon Pierce had made our drop list uh, a couple of weeks back, and rightfully so, given what Singletary had been able to do. Mm-hmm. You have listed Miles Sanders on the drop list. Yep. Couldn't it be the same concept? I mean, like, what happens if Chuba Hubbard were to get injured? Doesn't Miles Sanders immediately go back to being a, a fantasy-relevant guy?
2: Yeah, so let's take a look here. I would drop Miles Sanders to get Zeke. I would drop Miles Sanders to get Tajay Spears. I would drop him to get Damian Pierce. After that, then things get a little bit interesting here because, uh, you know, the, the Panthers— they had last week Sanders got closer to a fifty fifty split. This week it was Chuba Hubbard, mm-hmm. far and away the top back there. And of course we've got the uh you know, the coaching situation, right? Um Is that a sign of things to come? Is that going to be the philosophy? Are you no longer interested in seeing Miles Sanders because you've seen damn near enough of this guy all season? Fair. That's why I threw that on there. And the snap, it was more like 80-20 in favor of Chuba Hubbard this week. Chuba is the back to own there. If you're going to stomach a back on this terrible offense here, Um, Sanders is perfectly cuttable, and I'd cut him for most of my running back list. Real quick, Jeff Rogers asks a running back question. Rashad
1: White this week against those Panthers or Saquon Barkley against the Packers on Monday Night Football? Of course, Barkley was on bye last week. Rashad White continues to be fantasy relevant. I'm curious uh, if you have one way or another on that.
2: That is a good problem to have, number one. I will say that because both have outstanding matchups this week. And I know Rashad White has been amazing, but if I were forced to pick that matchup, I still take uh, Saquon against the Packers because although the Packers' defense has been outstanding. I think they've Pacheco allowed— Pacheco nuts. Yeah, yeah, Pacheco had a—yeah, he had a very good game. The Packers can get gashed. The whole point of the Packers' defense, which I think makes us so frustrated with them at, at, at a lot of different times, is because they don't care about giving up eight-yard plays, and they will give up eight-yard plays over and over and over and over, and over again break. throughout the night. And that adds up, especially for running backs. You know, they just want to—they uh, just want to— um, avoid you know getting beat big time over the top and you know that means some weird things sometimes but uh but no even with Tommy DeVito I mean the Packers should be able to stack the box they got Devondre Campbell back on Monday night you know him and Quay Walker on the inside should be a should be one of the better inside linebacker duos in the league actually um you know at least you know theoretically but um still I think that the defense can get beat uh in the running game and uh, I would go Saquon in, in that situation
1: yeah, if you look at last week, you know, the win over the Chiefs, okay, you're taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands by letting Pacheco more or less dominate, and he certainly did. I mean, he was, it was pitiful tackling. If they're going to say one negative about the Packers' win over the Chiefs, is the, the bad tackling. But I, I thought the defense philosophy clearly seemed to be let Pacheco do his thing, uh, for the most part, try to take away Kelsey, even though on 3rd and 18, you lose complete track of where he is. Take away Kelsey, take away the deep throw, uh, and then you might have a recipe for success. What do you do when it's just Saquon Barkley that you have to worry about? Darren Waller won't return. A lot of those Giants receivers, than Jalen Hyatt, who we could mention as well. Uh, I mean, like aren't aren't super interesting? Aren't like that enticing? And Devito is a far less, like significantly worse quarterback than Mahomes. So you would want to take away Barkley. I mean, like that should be the one defensive attention focal point but this is Joe Barry and this is the Packers defense over the last three years. I was just going to say like Joe, do you need a reminder
2: who you're talking about here?
1: (laughs) Yes, a a smart coordinator and I don't know if we are saying that for Joe Barry even though the defense has Mm -hmm. looked really good. So yeah, I would start Saquon Barkley as well too. Uh, Before we get to the receivers, let's get a word from our sponsors here from Circa Sports. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. Only a couple months away now. Watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party, massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touched out the world's largest sportsbook, Circa Sports, for the big game bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a $78 million Pixel screen. I got to imagine the, the prop bets and uh, parlays are going to be n- nuts if you are there. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino Reserve today at circolasvegas.com. Then, word from our sponsor, Splash. Is a is proud to partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 fantasy football season. Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn. By creating contests, commissioners can set up contests, add their style, and enjoy the evolving Splash Sports platform for customized preferences. From daily to season-long contest, Splash Sports caters to various playing styles, such as DFS, PickX, and traditional Survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, Splash Sports pits you against friends and family, not the house. Splash goes beyond betting a, sp- a, a, a space... Not just a space, but a space where friends can connect, strategize, and share in the excitement of sports. RotoWire will be running weekly DFS tier contests on Splash Sports all season long. Can you beat the RotoWire experts? Visit RotoWire.com/slash/splash to enter today. Slash, splash is not a fair thing for slash, anyone splash. to read. Slash, <laughs> splash. You have to really be deliberate because there are way too many words that should not appear uh, on podcasts that could occur with that combination. Did we you say
2: like backslash or forward? No, because then you still got to do them both next yeah, to then, each then other. Yeah, then
1: you're making it even worse because no one has to backslash. So slash,
2: splash. Splash. Yeah. Okay, yes, yeah, so anyway.
1: you, you're <laughs> just splashing the words together just like that. Wow. Exactly. You I just, I just
2: splashed the mic a little bit right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's that's a team I've ever that's heard Okay.
2: I got the uh, I got the we set. <laughs> They should sponsor us, too.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly with the, <laughs> the way the Rotoir of office is. Yes. Uh, okay, so we talked last week about Jaden Reed. Curtis Samuel, uh, uh, still relevant, you know, 10 PPR points this week. Jonathan Mingo, um, once again, makes our top five list. Here's another L, Jake. Uh, A.T. Perry did not do what I was hoping he was going to do.
2: I You There's had actually started to convert me to that. I was starting to believe, Joe. I really was.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. He might
2: make a good call leader in another life.
1: I, well, the jury's still out here in this life. Yeah. Let's see what, what goes on if I continue <laughs> making more bad AT Perry calls. But yeah, uh, another L yet again for me in that. Uh, Lave did play, Rashid, she did not. And uh, Perry got one deep pass, but it seems to be really his only role for the Saints. Although, we Derek need to get Jameis the heck Winston.
2: in in yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that is that is seriously a thing. I do think that he would uh, be better off if uh, Jameis was the quarterback. Did you see how they had Taysom Hill run in and yeah. then and then Carr came in back into the game and the whole place was booing him. Yeah, well, and
1: Taysom Hill was lighting up the Lions' defense. You look at the Lions' Reddit page and they're talking about, oh my god, so happy that Derek Carr was playing. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, back to that Packers game when they uh, ended up getting the, the win when Jameis Winston was in there I'm like, thank God Carr was mm-hmm. out. So James crazy Winston practiced So
2: terribly I cannot explain why he hasn't they haven't at least given him a shot. But I but hey, you know, they're just on the edge of playoff contention. They'll probably make the playoffs again and you know keep stringing it well, along. I have a few futures that I'd like that to occur, but no, I think they're toast. I actually picked the Panthers to win
1: outright uh this week. Well no, it's not the Panthers. It's the Falcons. No it's, some, it's a, the Saints are going to lose and they shouldn't lose. They're favored by five and a half. I'm like, no, I, I think they'll. We'll find out. Uh, I could
2: believe the Falcons. I would not believe the Panthers. But anyway. Oh, if the Falcons were to beat
1: the Saints. No, that, that matchup already happened. It is yeah. It is the Panthers. I kept saying the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers played the Panthers last week. The Panthers played the Saints this week. Saints are favored by five and a half. I think the Panthers win outright.
2: In That's the Superdome, it. you're taking the 1-11 Panthers to win on the road. Yes, because the
1: Saints are just that miserably uh, coached. The The atmosphere, I feel like, around the Saints is just miserable, too. I don't know. I Yes, I think the Panthers do get their second victory uh, this season and it'll be over another NFC South team. I know
2: a lot of Patriots fans will be rooting for that.
1: Yeah, they they want the I, as a Packer fan, I don't want the Bears to have one and two or whatever it might be. So we talked about Jonathan Mingo. Speaking of the Panthers, he led our top five list or at least was close to it. Uh, again, continues to be more involved in the past. He rounded attack. out
2: my top five list. Yes. And in case you weren't listening, he was right, a part of it. He was a part of the top yes, five. List. Exactly. In case you weren't listening at the beginning of the show or you tuned in a little bit late, uh, the main points behind that is he led all Panthers receivers with a 97 percent snap share and 33 routes. That's compared to 90 percent and 32 for Adam Thielen, respectively. And of course, Mingo ended in career. Highs with 10 targets six catches 69 yards Thielen only had three catches on six targets for 25 yards and Mingo also dominated the air yards almost 30 more than both Shielin, Thielen and Shark uh I've always believed in his skill and now we're starting to see the usage that you need to be uh fantasy relevant so I'm definitely looking uh looking at Mingo this week and yes Henry in the chat Winston is better than Carr
1: Clearly, clearly it's a trend uh, when it comes to Mingo and what's been happening over the past couple weeks. Then there's Elijah Moore, who at least made my top five list. If and when Joe Flacco continues to start for the Browns, I thought the chemistry was very clear. And Amari Cooper in concussion protocol.
2: We'll see if he ends up playing too. Exactly. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but twelve. I just kind of yelled in the microphone, sorry, if if I made you jump because that that scratched my headphones. 12 targets for Elijah Moore this week. At least that hopefully perked you all up if you're falling asleep uh, on your uh, post-work commute here on this Tuesday afternoon. but uh, was an old-school answer. Four? Uh, (laughs) Now, granted, he only caught four passes but still had 83 yards. He had twice as many targets as any other Browns players. They got the Jags this week, then the Bears, then the Texans, so it's uh, definitely no super tough matchups in that line regardless of who's quarterback. Uh, Elijah Moore is their wide receiver one. I said old school, back
1: to school. My dad would be very disappointed I got those 1985 movies uh, incorrect or mixed up there. Okay, so uh, yep, I'm right there with you with Elijah Moore. Old school
2: and, is a phenomenal flick, by the way.
1: It is, it's great too, but back to school as well uh, with Rodney Dangerfield. God, love that one. Um, mm-hmm. No Tank Dell now, it seems like for the rest of the season after suffering the broken leg, we're gonna have this conundrum. One of the very few teams that I feel like three receivers not only could be rostered from a fantasy perspective, but started. There's going to be an opening, whether it be Noah Brown or Robert Woods, I think remains to be seen. Um, I had this conversation Friday with Mario Puig when we were talking about the Texans receivers, and, and he was kind of leaning towards Robert Woods anyway if Tank Dell were to miss any time. So at that point, Tank Dell was questionable for the game. Mm-hmm. Noah Brown had missed some time too. I, I think it is Woods that does operate in that same role, but there's clearly not the level yeah. of explosiveness. Well, well I sadly,
2: sadly, I had the same idea. I picked up Robert Woods in stake league, started him. He got me, he got me a goose egg. So that was a bummer. Um, Nico Collins dominated the targets with 12. He had 168 air yards. He had more yards himself than the entire um Denver Broncos team did at halftime. So <laughs> Nico Collins is clearly number 1 um you know in that in that uh in that group. And uh if it's not Nico Collins, of course, who's well rostered, Noah Brown is next, uh 40% rostered. Now, what's concerning here is uh, I don't know if this is a typo, but he only had two targets and didn't catch any he passes here. John Michi actually had three targets, so he was second among receivers there, but he was up barely on there for a third of snaps. So you got to keep that in mind. I don't know if Michi will come into play or not. I, I'm not I'm not buying it. But you're looking at Brown and Woods even with the low dis you know, even with the low usage. Um and uh, Brown is the guy that he actually ran one more route than Nico Collins. He was on the field for 5% less snaps, um, and so his route rate was actually a little bit higher. I think Noah Brown can go back to some of those big games he was starting to have earlier this season when when Woods is out, and he could uh, you know jump to wide receiver two, or even if it's wide receiver three, there can be some good fantasy games there. So Noah Brown would be my guy to own there, but Robert Woods hopefully becomes playable now.
1: It's against the Jets, uh, and I'm wondering if that actually benefits or makes me more more interested in Noah Brown and or Robert Woods because Nico Collins, I think, has clearly developed into the team's number one. Like, Stroud has confidence in every one of them, but Nico Collins is the guy. But Sauce Gardner against Nico Collins, body type-wise, those guys match up really well together too. I would sooner assume it's going to be Woods and Noah Brown. This is going to be the ultimate test, not for CJ Stroud's MVP nonsense. I don't don't care about that. But is is Stroud really the guy? Because if he throws for 300-plus yards against this defense with the receivers that he currently has, I'm going to be incredibly impressed I already have been for a lot of the season so I, yeah it's been incredible. I, I don't mind Woods and or Noah Brown really if you are in a pinch I just don't know if you will be that's that's the only issue it's a tough matchup you know Terry McLaurin uh and uh, what very few others I guess from the Cardinals that you're missing on buys like you, you really shouldn't having to be de- uh to dive into this kind of matchup here uh t- too hard
2: mm-hmm. yeah no I, I absolutely here so um again keep keep going with the uh, wide receivers here. I had to give uh, the Jaguars receivers their own mm-hmm. line. Um, rookie Parker Washington looks great. Zero percent rostered. He scored. Uh, he looks good. I would be a little bit more inclined to pick up Zay Jones. He's only twenty one percent rostered in, in Yahoo leagues, and he uh, they ended they both ended up with six targets. Zay Jones caught five for seventy eight, and of course it was uh, you know Washington who had six for sixty one. Christian Kirk is going to miss some time with a core muscle injury. But then, of course, you have the Trevor Lawrence injury as well, the ankle injury, which could... High ankle sprain. Is it? Did that come out officially? I thought I saw that maybe like an hour ago. Um, All I saw was ankle sprain. I didn't see the high word in there. Well,
1: we've also had a difference of low, high ankle sprain and low, low ankle sprain. Like, remember we earlier this year, we were having to deal with that nonsense too. So I, I don't, I officially, sure any ankle sprains I just I don't care about. I need
2: chart in a pointer like a doctor or something teaching a class <laughs> and, I can, and I can just show the foot. You need the right? skeleton mm-hmm. as well too, if nothing yeah, exactly. else. Like that, oh, that would exactly. really <laughs> lie. <laughs> I know, yeah. I double as a Bill Nye knockoff science show in the uh, in the off season here.
1: Yeah, the, the Upper Midwest uh, Bill Nye version of Jake Latarski running things would definitely do numbers mm-hmm. here, at least in the Madison area, uh, if nothing else. So, uh, yeah, there's there's something to monitor, at least when it comes to those Jags receivers. I think Zay Jones or Parker Washington makes sense in deeper leagues. But again, C.J. Bethard likely starting complicates the matter further. Rashid Shahid might have dropped under the 50 percent threshold, at least for us and a few other platforms. Jameis Winston may be starting quarterback for the Saints. Finally, uh, we'll, we'll see what I happens. Sure with hope
2: so. I sure hope so. You know, um, yeah, yeah, Derek Carr's had a weird situation. He's got a the concussion protocol. Maybe his shoulders apparently fine, but he's got a new ribs injury. Some way, somehow, he'll end up starting. I, I just know it because every single time I think that Jameis is ready to take over, Carr defies all odds, and the Saints still trot him out there. I can't believe that that happens. But anyway, Shahid, yeah, because he didn't play last week, he was already kind of on the fringe of our threshold here. He was down to 43%. He could be back. He's a, he's an interesting player. He gives you a little kick return upside and basically a deep ball threat. Um, you know, I, again, provided the ankles are is okay. So uh, he's interesting. He's on the list. And then we got to hit some Packers. Yeah, my guy, Dontavian
1: Wicks, uh, made my top five list. And I really I really, truly actually think he is going to be a fantasy starter in like 12-team leagues where you could have uh two, two flexes, right? Like uh, 10 sure. points is what I think Dontavian Wicks can probably do in a full-point PPR mm-hmm. format. And there's upside for more, too. I mean, the Giants secondary is the one vulnerable part of their defense. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau and a pass force that looks good, but I think they're susceptible to the pass if they can't get home to the quarterbacks. I I like Jaden Reed, obviously. I I like Romeo Dobbs as well, too, in this matchup. But Dontavian Wicks, with no Christian Watson, Mm -hmm. presumably, is going to be a fancy starter for me.
2: Yeah, Christian Watson, man, he's such a catalyst of the offense over those last two weeks. It's a real bummer to see him go down uh, with a hamstring injury, and he's had hamstring issues he, his entire career. What I also thought was interesting on Monday night is, you know, when I looked at the, the distribution afterwards, Jaden Reed actually played less than half of the snaps. He's clearly dealing with something, right? That he, was my yeah. Thing. We never. I mean, I had him in my top five last year because he was only, or last week, I, I should say mm-hmm. a correction there, because he was only like forty something percent rostered, and he's the guy that I wanted to go get first. Now his ownership shot up to 57%, but his playing time was limited. He popped up on the injury report this week with a chest issue that I think had a DNP in another limited practice there. That's but anyway, yeah. so assuming Watson's out, maybe Reed's still limited. Maybe Reed ends up being the star of, of all this. You know, I could see someone getting frustrated and dropping him. Um, so yeah, then Wicks would be next up on that chart, and he is about the last of uh, fantasy-relevant Packer players here. We, again, we uh, I mean, if Aaron Jones were to ever come back, surprisingly – Um, He would get into a lot of targets here, but uh, Wicks would be the guy for now.
1: Theoretically, if you or I are calling plays, he would eat into the targets, but I'm not sure if with Matt LaFleur uh calling plays that matters enough for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dill. Malik Heath, for what it's worth, also looked good in that win against the Chiefs. But I don't I don't think he would be somebody I would nope. want to play from a fantasy perspective. Nope, nope, nope. nope if nope. Christian Watson It took
2: me some convincing on Wicks, right? And uh Right. Yes. He Heath is like poor man's AT Perry at this point here. Don't listen to that. I forget he said that.
1: <laughs> no Malik Heath mentioning whatsoever on this podcast. Okay, I, I get it, Jake. We can we can continue on. Uh at quarterback. At least we had mentioned the streaming candidates. I had said either Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco would be my choice. But if it's Sam Howell or if it's Kyler Murray, you're already probably dealing with lower end starting quarterbacks anyway. I don't know of the obvious guys who mm-hmm. Minshew or Joe Flacco were to replace. Yeah. I so mean, streaming quarterbacks, it's just not as attractive. this week.
2: Yeah, I'm in a tanking keeper league where I traded away Jalen Hurts for assets next year. And I've been starting Kyler Murray. And the only reason I did trade Hurts is because, you know, I had Murray there. But anyway, I'm tanking. And I'm going to have to pick up one of these guys. Um, obviously, Love was the guy. He's passed our threshold at 64%. If you can still get him, get him because he's suddenly, you know, he's, he'll make, he'll give you some tough quarterback situations. Imagine, like, do I start Justin Herbert or Jordan Love this week? Suddenly that becomes a, uh, a serious uh, dilemma for a lot of people here. So, uh, throwing that out there. But, um, I got a, a, a question real quick quick along the
1: same lines for Gardner Minshew. Lex plant some trees ask do they drop Gardner Minshew to stash an Elijah Mitchell, Rico Dottle, or Ty Chandler? Uh Elijah Moore Mingo are also available too. He had said Kenny Gable who just got picked up. So this goes to our strategy questions. I think overall we have a lot of uh, rest of season playoff related streaming questions, Jake, which I'm not sure if I'm ready to prepare to answer. Yeah. Uh, maybe you oh, could. So, it's the same on topic. that
2: topic, I did want to say like, I've seen a bunch of streaming defense things, like here. None of us on our radar even thought about ranking streaming defenses rest of the season going into this show. This is the Week 14 waiver wire show. If you're thinking about if you have a streaming defense question, I'll hit some guys for this week. But no, we have not looked at rest of season outlook yet. I will admit that, and I'm not going to diminish the rest of the show trying to come up with some explanation there. Go to rotowire.com/slash/pod. Check out Jerry's article. He ranks these articles. He ranks the defenses this week, next week, Mm. and rest of season here. That will answer your question here and tell you exactly who you need to stash uh, for your streaming defenses here. So we can we can just skip the streaming defenses questions at the end, at least the rest of the season. P- fantasy playoff defenses I, that right. I just see, that seems to be of heavy concern when I think you can kind of get by taking that week to week. But anyway, here we have an actual question here. And did you read it? Th- did you uh, read it through before I? started? I did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Drop Minshew for uh, Elijah Mitchell, Rico Dottle, or Ty Chandler, or do you drop Minshew for uh, Elijah Moore or Jonathan Mingo? I think I have an answer. Like, I would be dropping Minshew, but it it does depend uh, entirely if another team desperately needs quarterback. Like, that's the first part of this. It's not a, do I drop this quarterback for X, Y, and Z player? Do I drop this quarterback and he becomes an immediate starter for a fantasy playoff contender? I don't don't
2: think the answer is yes with Gardner Minshew. So, for example, was the person starting Trevor Lawrence, are they a contender, and Mm -hmm. did they not roster a backup quarterback? Um, same, same thing with Kyler Murray. So you have to yeah, you have to look at that because the options that you listed out there, um, although some of those guys did make our waiver wire list, they're not guaranteed shoeing starters if you already have good wide receivers. Um you know, and I, I, I guess you could I could see do it if if you look through the other rosters and determine that nobody else needs Minshew. Because I actually, I listed all the streamer possibilities this week, and I put Minshew as my number one streamer this week. He's 23% on the road in Cincinnati. You know, you'll have to check out weather, I guess, uh, this time of year, of course. But 23% on the road. But he looks like he has great chemistry with Pittman. He looks like he has good chemistry with Alec Pierce. And, of course, Josh Downs is involved a little bit, and Zach Moss is serviceable. And without Jonathan Taylor, they can't lean on the run as much. I like... um, You know, granted, he'll probably have some bumps in the road too because it is Gardner Minshew after all, but he looked excellent last week against a defense that at least, you know, is pretty respectable here. So you definitely want to keep him from someone who might need a quarterback. That's one of my bigger regrets in my 12-team super flex. I ended up dropping Minshew at one point when I was tough on bye weeks. He immediately got scooped up by the first-place team, and now I'm going to have to play against him while I'm fighting for my playoff spot. So keep in mind, protect yourself to not uh, get in a situation like that. Um, I, I... and if you determine that you're protected from a situation like that, then, yeah, I, I could see doing him for Mingo or uh, or even well, Elijah Moore. Or, or, yeah, 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 Elijah Moore. Even Elijah Mitchell um, ha- at this point here. If you really want to screw over the McCaffrey owner, just in yeah, case. Yeah, but we here. did
1: that with McCaffrey earlier this season. It up being Jordan Mason that got uh, a little bit of workload, too. That was my one issue. Is That's when Mitchell
2: was banged up, though.
1: True. Um, uh, and, and we had Kyle Shanahan immediately mention Elijah Mitchell in that scenario. But my, my whole point is, I don't think there's obvious running back backups. Like Ty Chandler is not going to get a lot of the workload if Alexander Mass were miss time. And do you want him with that offense right now, the way the Vikings have been playing? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: And Yeah, I went none of Ty Chandler. We did. I did disregarded that for a reason. Right.
1: And, and Rico Donald, okay, fine. Like, Does he become the immediate starter with Tony Pollard out? No is my answer. I bet you they'll find somebody off the scrap heap that can do something to that extent too. It's, it's a really tricky stop spot. Like, Alexander Madison was the, the token backup that will immediately fall in. I think that's the one position that has completely went wayside this mm-hmm. season. You you can't find many of yeah. those. Tajay Spears also, and Zeke's are forty five percent rostered, and they're the ones that yeah. fall in place.
2: Also, what happens if the Bills get eliminated and they give their uh, forty million dollar quarterback a break here? You want to have somebody in that situation. I think the Bills
1: are sooner going to make the playoffs before getting eliminated. But yes, like, I, I think they're five and seven. No, no, no. They're six and six. Oh, okay. And they have the Chiefs this week. I mean they, they could be seven and six. Uh it's in Kansas mm-hmm. City though, for what it's they, worth. they
2: they could easily lose that game. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, so back to the quarterbacks. Obviously loves your first look here. Stafford, okay. So so um, you know, he's also kind of above our uh above our threshold here. I could um what I wrote down here is see if maybe somebody drops Stafford after streaming him this past week in bye week hell they could just go ahead and cut him. Another guy in that same uh, in that same vein is Baker Mayfield. He's just above our fifty percent threshold, but I'm guessing a lot of people are going to cut him this week when they no longer need to stream him. He is at Atlanta, uh, so that'll be interesting there.
1: Somebody had asked um, Baker Dobbs or Browning four points per passing touchdown, uh, and, and that you mentioned Baker, I thought it was interesting because I, I this would have been a very easy Baker call. 24 hours ago, but Jake Browning playing the way he did, it's like oh, that that was a really good performance. But I think Jackson's Browning defense is really
2: bad. Browning against um, I think I'm leaning Baker, and I think I am as well. It's as you kind of know what you're getting. You kind of know what you're getting there. But yeah, I yeah. think I'd, I'd go Baker. Um, yeah, so there's that. So then, uh, let's see, do you want to quick hit two quarterback uh, leagues or do you want to – any other questions you want to hit?
1: Uh, well, we have we had one question here. Uh, start, sit, Justin Fields against the Lions or Jordan Love against the Giants. That's a good problem to have scenario. I think I'm going Jordan Love, uh, but Fields obviously did well just a couple weeks ago and has started this downfall mm-hmm. of the Lions defense.
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go Jordan Love in that situation as well, but keep in mind you're talking to a couple of homers here, so – yeah. Yeah. Uh, good point. Okay. So from the two
1: quarterback perspective, you had Trevor Lawrence suffer possibly a high ankle sprain. Maybe I was just uh, imagining what occurred there. CJ Beathard, of course, the backup. Then there's Joe Flacco, who I like, and uh, is certainly above the two QB threshold, at least for me. And then Jameis Winston possibly playing. Uh, yeah. We'll like see. I said,
2: it's- cars and concussion protocol. He apparently is over that AC shoulder sprain, but now has a ribs injury as well. If he comes through and plays, if they let him play, I mean, good Lord, whatever. So Jameis is interesting, but also there's the Taysom Hill factor in this thing. So yep. it becomes risky to pick up and start Jameis, even though as much as we're calling for Jameis, um, he could get you know a good, a good chunk of his snaps taken by Taysom Hill, especially if the offense is as successful under Hill as they were this past week.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a clear like marker of those guys. Like I would rather have Flacco over Bethard. I would rather have James Winston over Bethard. but I think I would have Bethard over Mitchell Trubisky, especially against the Patriots on Thursday. Exactly, And I would sure rather have him over anything. The Patriots are going to throw at a quarterback rest of the season.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like, uh, I don't know. This isn't really breaking news because it's not all that Interesting. But uh, we do say Bailey Zappi likely starting Thursday. That's an hour ago on Road to Wire, so you know we kind of have that going. And also uh, Mitch Trubisky again. So we have a Bailey Zappi Mitch Trubisky matchup on Thursday Night Football. Where the over under is thirty. Um, no thank you. You have to be sixteen team Super Flex to even have that conversation. And even if that's the case, you're probably looking at a running back or receiver off the wire here. So anyway, that's that. Um, speaking of terrible, terrible quarterbacks, uh, we got to talk about the Jets, right? Oh, this has uh, been so funny. <laughs> I, like,
1: Here's can we can we do like a, a
2: a one-minute synopsis on what has occurred over the past 40 hours, allegedly? Um, well, Maybe you know more than I do, because I'm going to that. Tim Boyle gets still- benched for Simeon. Yep. Now, uh, Sala thinks that uh, Zach Wilson could be an option, but then there Sala are reports.
1: allegedly asked Zach Wilson to return to the starting lineup, and Zach Wilson said, thanks, no thanks. Uh, I'm going to be worried. I don't want to get hurt. Uh, no, I'm not going to return as the starting quarterback. And then Aaron Rodgers allegedly mm-hmm. had... Pleaded or asked for Zach Wilson to return, and we have yet to see uh if that ends up swaying him at all. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, that is the most Jetsy thing that has ever happened to the Jets. And
2: we've had four of those moments in the past year. I mean, if that were true, we'd be hearing about Zach Wilson getting fined and missing game checks, right? Because he's healthy. Yeah. It would if that were actually yeah. true, it would be a bigger deal. Than even bigger deal than what's happening right Can now. Can you
1: get fined for saying no? I don't want to start. <laughs> like, I, I, I'll be the backup guys. It's like I, I, that's. I don't think you get fined for that. He's not doing it. Well, not, not, not job. I'm a football player. It's not player like you're, you're
2: getting. You're not getting fined, but you can't get paid. I mean, to be a backup.
1: Know, they, yeah, it's a, he could think it's very valuable to be the backup it, for the Jets.
2: If your coach says go in the game and you say no, um, I don't think you get that game check. Yeah, that's really.
1: We're, we're bringing up some really we're, interesting we're, questions. We're tiptoeing in. All, all I'm saying is here. I don't blame Zach Wilson for saying no. I thought it was such a character hit to have him benched for Tim Boyle anyway, um, and that if Zach Wilson's like, no, F you guys. like, I get it. I 100% get what Zach Wilson would choose to do in that scenario, and he is clearly going to be a quarterback on another team next season. Theoretically, any fit, value you have to other organizations – would get torpedoed if he did say no. I don't want to start. So while it would be funny, that's less of the game fine. That's the reason why I'd say uh this is probably not a
2: true story. Why doesn't he play the mental health card? That 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 way, and Simmons his has game done check. that for for a year now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll say. be anyway. We don't joke about that. NFLPA. Anyway, uh, just just so. <laughs> just do that, and you'll still get paid. Um Okay, so you want to do want to do quick hitter tight ends.
1: Yeah, because the tight end spot kind of... Kind yeah, this list is
2: pretty sad. All right, so yeah. we mentioned... I actually had Isaiah Likely in my top five pickups this week. He fell down to 35% rostered with Baltimore on a buy. Go ahead and get him. We mentioned Friermuth last week. He's back down to earth. Didn't really do a whole lot uh, this week. Brevin Jordan, who I saw you snagged uh, late Man, this the week. He worked out great. Just just beat me. Just beat me to him, because I've been starting a combination yeah. of Hunter Henry or Noah Fant and crying about it every single week, secretly. Uh, Brevin Jordan, 75% of snaps, 67% of routes with Dalton Schultz out with a hamstring injury. Caught three of his four targets for 64 yards. Uh, Chigi Okanko is back in play. I actually had mentioned teammate Josh Weil a couple weeks ago. He left with a knee injury. Chigi had six targets. I mean, he had more targets than anyone that wasn't named.
1: DeAndre Hopkins.
2: DeAndre Hopkins, exactly. Finished with three catches for 62 yards here. And then I mentioned Tucker Craft. He played almost every single snap on Sunday Night Football. Caught three of his six targets for 37 just like with Musgrave, they, own, they, they don't use their tight ends in the middle of the field a ton. It's kind of short stuff, as you can see, with six targets and 17 total air yards for Tucker Kraft. I don't think the return of Josiah Deguara really cuts into him much. He's mildly interesting, but not that interesting. Maybe he gets more looks with Watson out. And uh, I actually you like know.
1: Kraft in that scenario. Um, it's deeper leagues, obviously, but if you're playing in those uh, super flex formats, which have become popular of late, where you get additional points per reception for tight ends, Kraft is Kraft is on the table because he he's going to get two or three catches. And it's not like Parham, uh, who is like my token guy for this, where you know he's gonna play 38 snaps, but maybe get two catches. I think Kraft gets involved to the point, especially with Watson out, that you could start him in those extra super flex leagues. But that's about the only extent. Like I would rather have Brevin Jordan, um, but I I believe the uh, goodness, sorry, the, the Dalton Schultz injury only seemed like it was gonna be one week thing. So if we're deciding between a guy that's playing and the guy that's the backup, I would much rather have Tucker craft, but we're splitting hairs on a tight end spot Absolutely. that really is bleak after Isaiah likely.
2: For sure. All right. So then we get to streaming defenses here. Um, I'll kind of, I'll i'll run down the whole landscape here. You've got the saints at 43%. They're who I kind of picked first just because they're the home team. And it's the Panthers who uh, haven't looked particularly good there. Um, and then, you know, you can really take your pick out of any of these Thursday night football teams, but the Patriots, Uh, actually held the Chargers in check. I mean, the Patriots, we didn't really talk about this, but they're starting conversations about is Eckler washed, is he finished, right? Because uh, they went out and and had a very solid game this week. They're only 23% rostered, so they're out there, and they get Mitch Trubisky. I'm guessing there's going to be a pick six or two involved, and that's where the points come from this game. So uh, Patriots are interesting. Uh, The Texans, 13%. They're on the road, so that's the only downside there. But uh, they're Jerry's number one pick, they're also Payne's pick this week, uh, 13% rostered at the Jets, either who either have Trevor Simeon or a quarterback who doesn't want to be there, organization in disarray, Texans of course, I can definitely see why they would go number one on the list. And last but not least, I know the Packers are on the road as well, but uh, they're only 19% rostered and they have Tommy DeVito and the defense is slowly getting healthier, if uh, I, I would be a little more comfortable if Jair Alexander was back. Uh, he's sounds like huge, he's close. He's close, yeah. It sounds like a huge—I was. I remember a lot of us uh, you know, at the pregame party on, on Sunday were, uh, were, were disappointed. We thought we were getting Jair Alexander back this week. We did get Devondre, Devondre Campbell back this week, so big sure-up for the linebacking core there. Um, so and Darnell getting, Savage, activated off an of injured reserve as exactly, well, too. Exactly, exactly. So they're, the Packers are getting healthier at the perfect time, and they face Tommy DeVito, who's going to start for the Giants. So there are a lot of streams there. Real quick. Miss- my note, uh, if you missed my note earlier in the show, rotawire.com slash pod. Jerry has a fantastic streaming defense article. So if you are very concerned on Tuesday, December 5th at two o'clock in the afternoon about your rest of season fantasy playoff defenses, go check that article. It'll answer all your questions. It'll you do mock me, Jake. But I'm it, one
1: of those people that's uh, having two or three defense in my roster for yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, Stop you're,
2: it. You're ridiculous, man. Stop I, it. I will never agree on this. We never will. Never will see it. Real, real quick, eye on how that. many
1: interceptions do the Packers have this season? Without looking it up, how many do you? think they have
2: how many do i think
1: they have what yes. like three okay well i mean six uh which is by far one of the lowest among teams that have 500 records or higher that's mm-hmm. my only concern if you are a streaming i defense. remember quay
2: from week one and i was trying to count him up and i was like Where can well where yeah those other Keyshawn two?
1: got the one just this past yeah he's six so yeah. it's it's significantly uh, less and that's my one issue because i don't think joe barry stops the giants defense they will still score points so and you're not getting turnovers you're just banking on sacks uh, and that might be possible. Certainly, there might be turnovers. I mean, this is one of the worst quarterbacks the Packers have played all season.
2: I did debut my brand new Rashawn Gary jersey at Lambeau this week. Fifty-two has uh. always been my number, so as soon as a fifty-two signs an extension, that jersey's in my mailbox. So, yeah, Clay Matthews, uh, and then you, of course you got uh, the the
1: heir uh, apparent to that, And Rashawn Gary. The way he's been playing, it's been awesome. So, yeah, I, I would I, Packers are a distant third of that list. I would much rather have the Texans. I have picked them up or tried to, in at least all the places that have Tuesday waiver wires.
2: Texans seem to be the popular consensus. Yeah. Uh, Real
1: quick, last question. Would you drop Adam Thielen, given what we've seen the past couple weeks, or Deontay Johnson for Ezekiel Elliott? This is uh, in a 10-team league. I think
2: it's Superflex. Um, Yes and yes, but I dropped Thielen first.
1: Yeah, a standard league for sure. i will be dropping drop Thielen in a standard league for Ezekiel Elliott every single time.
2: You could drop either of them for Ezekiel Elliott because uh, Ezekiel Elliott has multiple, multiple weeks of being RB1, and Deontay Johnson, who already had effort issues to begin with, now has Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. It's just an ugly situation here. Go ahead and get Zeke for either of those. I'd even use a pretty high waiver claim on it if that's how your league does it.
1: You are blocking other people from getting a starting relevant running back that has much more value uh, than a guy that gets seven points in PPR yeah. format like DeAndre I Johnson. Yeah, we don't
2: have to shoehorn him into your lineup and sit a guy like, I don't know, like you're not going to go sit like Zay Flowers or something right. for Ezekiel Elliott. You don't have to shoehorn him into your lineup. But I guarantee you that there is a team in playoff contention that is either vying with you for one of the last spots or you might meet in the playoffs that could use an RB1 that's been cycling through your Dearness Johnsons and Michael Carters of the world that could get a, that problem for them solved this week your best to make sure they do not solve that problem and that you have the best roster you can have. It's
1: the week before the starting fantasy playoffs for a lot of people. If I'm giving one bit of advice, it's that the rest of your roster outside the starting lineup has value now in blocking others from getting starting relevant players. So those mm-hmm. backup running backs we discussed, Elijah Mitchell, Ty Chandler, Rico Dials of the world, fine. If you think that is valuable, if you are like me and think the three defenses <laughs> rest of the season is valuable, not Jay, course. I
2: will say that I will roster Elijah Mitchell before I roster a second defense every time. Every day, no matter what. And I think we will just never agree on this, no matter how long we do this show.
1: Oh, the the main point, though, Jake, and I think you would agree, is your, your bench now is not what is going to help me get through the season. It's what is going to help me win a championship. And that means blocking other people. There's no morality clause mm-hmm. with that. You do it. And you do it every single time. So Ezekiel Elliott for Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson. I'm doing that whether I need a running back or not. So that Absolutely. does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast. Of course, uh, if you if you are interested in reading Jerry's article or other content on the site, RotoWire.com/pod will get you a little bit of free access to be able to do so. We are not just doing fantasy football, of course. So that's what we're talking about here. But you are the college basketball editor, Jake. You have a lot of college football and uh, college football content going on i don't know if we had an article yet uh on florida state getting bounced that's not quite our platform but <laughs> y- i'm sure there's somebody on the site that I, uh, I leave that, that to the lean
2: mean chris benzine <laughs> to handle the uh the college uh, football content there i run i run hoops and uh we're taking a little bit of a breath for the holidays team it's a very good night tonight you know we got the jimmy v classic and some big 12 biggie showdowns still um but then they take a little bit of a holiday break but When that clock rolls over to January and it's New Year's Day uh, it is. uh, and after these big bowl games are done, it is all eyes on college basketball, and we're going to blow the content out of the water every single day for you. Deepest coverage in terms of news, depth charts, projections we've had out of any year at Roto-Wire, so I've got you covered there. And Yeah, tons of great content to check out across the board for many different sports.
1: Yeah, in-season tournament action as well from the NBA. Go Bucks tonight against the Knicks. Uh, we'll see how that goes on. But uh, any fantasy sport that you're interested in, we got the MLB projections kind of getting up as well, too, uh, as we wait where Sho- uh, Shohei Otani ends up going. There's there's a lot of stuff on rotoware So rotowarecom slash pod. Uh, we'll get you access to the site for a couple of days here. So uh, thanks again for listening. Best of luck on your hopefully soon-to-be playoff lineups. We'll be back in next week uh, with some critical fantasy advice when that time comes around.